Wonderful song. Thank you for that. All right. Well, let's uh, let's turn our Bibles to Hebrews chapter six this morning, and uh, if we could stand for the reading of God's word, we're just going to read it. And if you're able, please stand. Hebrews chapter six, and um, I'll read this great passage of scripture, and then we'll pray, and we'll get into the message this morning. Verse 7, for the earth which drinketh in the rain that cometh off upon it and bringeth forth her meat for them by whom it is dressed, receiveth blessings from God. But that which beareth thorns and briars is rejected and is nigh unto cursing whose end is to be burned. But, beloved, we are persuaded better things of you and things that accompany salvation though though we thus speak. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love which ye have showed toward his name, in that ye have ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of faith unto the end, that ye be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Let's pray. Father, we are thankful that we do have a a great cause in your name. And Father, really, we just want to simply state, Lord, before you as we pray that, Lord, it's not of our own glory that we seek, but Lord, it's for your name and your name alone. And we come, we note the, the, the hour that we, we live in, Lord, the time that we have before us, the, the challenge at hand to see more come to you, to see lives just be more made to be more like you and father we know the challenge is great we know that the the winds are contrary and yet lord god we understand that we have a, a great work for for lord for us to accomplish still yet and so i pray that you'd please help us as we open your word this morning i thank you for the the fact that we can open your word lord with freedom i pray that you'd use this time lord to challenge us lord into the in the things that we've already spoken about, but Lord, the things that you're going to work in our hearts about, Lord God. And so we commit to you the time. We ask for your blessing in Jesus' most precious, holy, wonderful name. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing and, and just honoring God's word there. Um, you know, we've been talking uh, a lot this morning already about vision and the future. And I, I wonder if you ever just, just think about your future. Ever, I wonder if you ever really think about what's ahead and I know that's usually the case when you're younger you're starting to think about what's ahead maybe you're, you're finishing high school and you're starting to think well what's next what's to come and yet oftentimes as especially as adults when we go through life we understand that sometimes we do have hopes for the future and they don't always come to fruition they don't always seem to pan out the way we would have for it to and uh, you know, those are difficult times, and, and I've been through those times as well. And there's times when, when, to be honest, when we look at what is in front of us and what is current, if we're honest, it is hard to look beyond that. It is hard to see if we have a future. It is hard to see whether there, there, there are things in store for us that, 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 you know, that we dreamed about, that we would hope to, to, to experience into the future. And, and sometimes our, our minds are clouded by 
different, different situations, different, maybe different, uh, different circumstances that we're trying to deal with. And in here in the book of Hebrews, really the, the, whole, the whole purpose of the book was to convince the reader that there was a better way. And that word better, that phrase better is used in, in 13 references and, and most of, of it covers all facets of, of who Christ is and the understanding that in Christ, the, he's better, he's better, he's a better high priest. He, he's a better Abraham. He's a better Moses. He's better than the law and, and all of these Old Testament allusions of who Christ is and how he is better than those shadows of, what it, of those Old Testament types. And how in him, it's, it's, better, uh, it's a better life, really. And what he was addressing was these, these Hebrews who really were struggling with the concept that they have all of these better things in Christ. And they had to overcome this, uh, this hindrance in their mind, this, uh, perhaps this, this lack of teaching in their own mind. And, and the writer's intent was to help them understand that actually there are better things for them. And I want to I remind you this morning that as we go about, and I'm talking really both as individuals and then as a church, we look at what we have in, in front of us, the mission of the gospel. We think about, uh, uh, again, not just a community and a society that's, that's uh, you know, that's, that's a little apathetic to the gospel. We're, we're looking at a, at a society that's becoming increasingly antagonistic to the gospel, where we look around and, and in, our, in what we've estimated in our society that by and large in our history we've had freedom, we understand that there's suddenly a, a true cost and a true erosion to the, the, the life that we ought to live for Christ. And, and there's, that, there's that fear as far as we're concerned sometimes of what that will look like even for our children. And yet I want to tell you that even as we have vision and even as we look to the future, that actually when we're in Christ, things are always better in Christ. And I'm speaking about the fact that as long as we focus on the right things, then in God we ought to be persuaded of better things to come. You see, the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, and really speaking about the gospel, but as it is written, I hath not seen. Nor ye heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. And the reality we have in Christ is far better. Our future has been completely changed and made secure in Christ. And in fact, in him we have great hope no matter what we face. In Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 to 21, the Bible tells us about the church now unto him that is able to do exceeding and abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages world without end amen and he ends that great book about the body about the church with this triumphant understanding that in him because of the fact that we're in him we're able to do exceeding and abundantly above all that we ask or think and there's this, this great promise that we have in Christ that actually we ought to be persuaded of better things. And I love what William Carey said that some would say the father of modern missions, 
the future is as bright as the promises of God. Do you believe that this morning? Do we believe that? You see, that we understand that even though the, the, the situation might seem dire and even though we can't look past our own, our own failings and our own limitations and those circumstances that seem to just take us back and help us to, and hinder us from going forward, we understand that actually there's things in Christ that we need to get refocused on so that we can be persuaded again of better things. You know, I, I, just, I just think that as we think about our church and we think about the mission that we have, you know, I, I look and I acknowledge the challenges. I understand that we are living more and more in contrary days. I understand that, that if you were to play the, the, the statistics in front of our eyes and if you were to look at that, that the, really it doesn't all sound all that good and we can look at the doom and gloom of that or we can simply keep our eyes on the Lord and be persuaded of better things. And we be persuaded that there's still a work to do. And all of these verses that, that, that show us here in, in Scripture, the ones that we read, just remind us of, those, of being persuaded about better things and reasons why. And, you know, the, the, this, really, this passage is, is sometimes used by those that really believe in error, that you can lose your salvation but when you, a careful reading of it really is, is, is proving the opposite. He's saying that, you know, if you've truly believed, then actually you can continue. Then actually you can look ahead. Actually, there's a great security in knowing that, 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 that very thing that you're saved in Christ. And so there's this, this, this great promise for us as believers that we, have, we ought to be persuaded of better things. And I hope that would be the case in your heart and your mind today. You know, there, there are things that, that sometimes can, can hinder our sight of that, but I want to pray this morning that our sight will be, we'll get back to those better things that we ought to be persuaded about. And this is, this is why. Notice with me verses 7 and 8, and he uses this illustration of the earth. He says, For the earth which drinketh in rain. And now, before that, he's speaking to those that need to mature, He's saying that there are those, you're still stumbling over the basic things of the Christian life. You're still stumbling over your assurance of salvation. And, and he's saying to them in verse 6, If they shall fall away to renew them again unto repentance, seeing they crucify themselves, the Son of God afresh, and put Him to an open shame. He's saying that that shouldn't be the case. He's saying that you need to move forward. And really the context of the first couple of verses is, is found in verse 1, Let us go unto perfection, maturity. And he's saying, he's saying here, then he illustrates, and he says, For the earth, which drinketh in the rain that cometh oft upon it, and bringeth forth herbs meet for them by whom it is dressed, receiveth the blessings from God. Have you noticed that the earth, it just seems to be that it just bears fruit? Just somehow, you know, I was re recalling the other day, we, were, uh, we, we loved holidaying Coffs Harbour when we were living in New South Wales in Sydney. And I'll tell you, I mentioned this, it's, it's easier driving from here to Coffs Harbour. You just feel a lot more relaxed coming from here rather than Sydney. But I remember the last time we made a trip up here, it was just, we were going up to, uh, to, to Bundaberg, I believe, and, and it was the, the, the time when there was all those bushfires that came through. And everything was, was you know, on the news there. We would see all of the pictures of the, 
the blackened uh, bush and all the, the, the different, uh, different species of trees that had uh, for hundreds of years been there, had just been decimated. But I remember that, that particular summer when we were driving, it had all passed and we were, heading, we were heading here at the end of January. We drove past and because the rains had come, suddenly within the darkness of the burnt forests and burnt bushes, we saw some greenery come again. And isn't that amazing about how God built this earth? Is that just, it's just designed to have life. It's just designed to bear fruit. It's just designed so that even through natural disasters and even through those times where it just doesn't seem like there's anything that can come out of it, that still, there's still hope. And there's still things that will come. And this, the context of our passage is the benefits of salvation. And I'm saying as Christians, we've been likened to the earth that brings forth fruit after God's blessings and after our caretaking. And, you know, there are the, the, those in the past who have discovered ways to farm the land effectively and to make sure that whole communities and whole countries, and then even more than that, industries are driven by just the, the knowledge of how to best use this, this magnificent, magnificent planet that God created called Earth. And he did that because... To, he's pointing this out because really he's saying just like that, there's fruitfulness to bear. And here's what I want to say to you. You know, that we're persuaded of better things because in Christ our future is fruit bearing. Our future actually involves the things that God has in store for us that will bear fruit. That The, the blessings that he refers to here in verse 7. And too, too often we forget that, that, that if we just get, get through to that, that future, our future really is, is about what we sow today. You know, the Bible tells us often to sow. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 10, verse 12, Sow to yourselves in righteousness, reap in mercy. Break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord till He come and rain righteousness upon you. He's saying sow to yourselves. And yet what we find in Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 and 8, we won't take the time to turn there, but... Look it up. It says, if you sow to the flesh, you'll reap of the flesh. If you sow to the Spirit, you'll reap of the Spirit. And so it depends on what you sow. There's a great principle in the Bible. What you sow is what you'll reap. And so we understand then that there's, there's sowing to be done. There's, there's all of that that God has built into life, but it's about what we sow. And what we understand is this, firstly, that God actually has given us all the resources that we need. There's resources that are given. He, he notes there, for the earth which drinketh in the rain. You know, we had tremendous rain overnight, didn't we? I, I, it woke me up. I actually, actually, thought there was a, actually thought there was someone walking through our house. It just seemed like that. thought all the kids had woken up and they were running around at 3 a.m. in the morning. And we woke up and it was just the rain. And, and the rain comes and it, it replenishes the earth. The, the rains are needed. You know, in drought time, we need the rain. And when the rain comes, it's like it was never drought time. And it's just built that way. And salvation is just built that way. It's, God's given us every resource. And it brings forth herbs, the Bible says here, meat for them 
by whom it is dressed. There's someone that needs to dress it, and we'll refer to that in a little bit. But by and large, we look at the earth, and he's saying that it's like our salvation. It's meant to bear fruit. He's given us everything we need to ensure that through all of that, through whatever happens, there's going to be fruit that will be born. And we better just take heed to sow the right things because He's given us every resource available to Him and now available to us that will bring forth fruitfulness in our lives. You know, we didn't really touch on the, the goals that we can have and I hope that you're the type of person that you set, just set yourself a course a little bit to follow. And I hope that you're the type of person that you just don't stay in where you're at right now and you're just not satisfied with just the little that perhaps you're doing right now, but you're understanding that God has given me too much in my salvation for me to just sit around and do nothing about it. These are the resources He's given. Being saved means God has given us every ability to be fruitful, and I'm saying we're designed that way. Look at Psalm 65. And echoes this, Psalm 65. Got your Bible there. And notice what he says here in verse 9. Psalm 65, verse 9. Again, thanks for turning there. Thou visitest the earth and waterest it. He says, Thou greatly enrichest it with the river of God, which is full of water. Thou preparest them corn when thou hast so provided for it. Thou waterest the ridges thereof abundantly. Thou settlest the furrows thereof. Thou makest it soft with showers. Thou blessest the springing thereof. And I love this verse in verse 11. Thou crownest the year with thy goodness, and thy paths drop fatness. Just just imagine all of the things he's saying there. Just imagine, and one word comes to mind, abundance. He sees, sometimes you marvel and, and by the way, I welcome back to the guys that just came back from Argentina. I've been there. It's an amazing place. I've never seen a place more green than Argentina. And you know, you know why? Because it rains there a lot. <laughs> and I just remember flying over to that to area there in Misiones, and I just remember looking out there and how green everything was. And then that first day, I think every morning or every afternoon it rains. And it's just an amazing thing. But God designed that. God was the one that put that together. And we look at this, this earth. We look at the different ecosystems around. We look at all of that and how it's, it's, it just supports itself. And what I'm saying, he's saying salvation's like that. Salvation's like the earth. He, he, he gives it to you. And he, with that, he brings about everything you need to bear fruit. He brings everything you need to, for you to live abundantly in Christ. But then note with me that there's a responsibility given with these resources. Oft upon it and bringeth forth herbs meat for them by whom it is dressed. I had an opportunity years ago. And by the way, I, I was, where I was born in the Philippines, my, my grandparents had hundreds and thousands of acres of, of farmland. I was real young and all I remember was just looking out and seeing all of the different crops that they had grown and different uh, different animals that they were they had that they were um, they were raising in that uh, on that farm, but I got an opportunity to fly over to Washington State and and visit a, um, a, a pastor friend of mine and stay for a little while, a couple of weeks, and they were living on a farm. and I remember that place; it was just flat. It was just so flat, it was as flat as a as a pool table. And I remember looking out and and 
they, they would get up at 3 a.m. and plant the, the different crops that they, they had. And I, I asked them, I said, what do you do every year? They said, they change out the crops. They change it out. They're, 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 and what it was, there, there was someone responsible for making sure that that, that land was utilized to the best of its capacity. And there's a responsibility given for them, for them by whom it is dressed. And there's a need to do something with what God gives to us. And listen, there's, there's too many who are in the world who are saved and happily so. Many who happily will take the invitation to heaven and, and have that assurance but aren't dressing what God has given them. They're not taking the responsibility for all that has God has given, that has come with their salvation. And there's, there's a lack of responsibility taken for farming the land that God has given us. And what I'm saying, there's a responsibility that we have to ensure that we are as fruitful as we can be. The, the Bible tells us in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 5-8, to 8, to, to, to build on the thing that God has given us, but it's going to take some diligence. It's with all diligence, the Bible says. And I, I can't, can't help but think about those farmers who would go out at three in the morning and make sure that different things were done right through the course of those early hours of the day just to ensure that crops would come up and spring up. And many times we wonder why there's no fruit in our lives when it's our responsibility to dress our field. It's our responsibility to look at all that God has given us and to say, what are we supposed to do about it? In fact, the Bible tells us we are to be laborers together with God. We're God's husbandry. You know what that is? Farming. You're God's building. And so we're supposed to take on the work when we must sow I'm saying in order to reap. And what are you sowing in your life? What, what, what have you taken responsibility for in the things that are happening in, in your life, the things that you're seeing God do and not do? And does it bother you? Does it bother you that you're not seeing fruit like you should? Because I'll tell you what, God has given us in salvation everything we need to bear fruit. And so it, the problem's never with the seed. The problem's never with what God's provided. The problem's always with those who are responsible for it. And so the responsibility given. We've got to sow in order to reap. And, you know, our future is dependent on what we decide to do with what God has given us. And, you know, there's reaping to be had. He says in verse 7, receiveth. You know who receives that? It's the one who dressed it, receiveth blessings from God. The reaping is from God. He blesses in, in, in the ability. Now he also blesses with this fruitfulness. And you see how God works. He provides your means to do it. And then he gives you the reward for it. What a gracious God. What a, what a gracious God. We are partakers of that. And he gives a reaping. And we understand uh, sometimes it's a bit of a mystery. Sometimes it's a bit like, you know, Jack and the Beanstalk. We just sort of throw the beans out there and it, this massive thing grows. And sometimes we sow and sow and sow and then just a little bit comes. Really, that's God's business, right? He's the one that adds. 
He's the one that, that, that does the, the fruit bearing, but we're the ones that work the field and we're the ones that get blessed by the field. But then he wants us to note in verse 8, but that which beareth thorns and briars is rejected and is nigh unto cursing whose end is to be burned. And again, in the context of our passage, that's not speaking about someone who loses their salvation. That's someone who's, who has not tended to their field and some other things have grown. And, you know, the, the Bible tells us that one day we're going to see at the judgment seat of Christ whether our works are right or not. And there's going to be a burning then too. There's going to be a, a, a test of what's real and what's not in our lives. And he's saying there that actually there are those that have intended, he's going to use the word later, slothful, that bears torns and briars and is rejected. And, and, and this is pretty easy to visualize it, who has a lawn? Who has lawns on their property? All right, who loves lawns? All right, good. Who, who loves to mow their lawn? All right, usually it's not always that, you know. And do me a favor, if you really want to see this illustrated, don't mow your lawn at all. And you know what's going to pop out? Not, not nice lawn. It's going to be weeds. It's going to be briars and it's going to be thorns. And you know what happens in our Christian life with the salvation that God has given us? If we don't sow to ourselves righteousness, if we don't sow to ourselves and do the work of the, the one that will dress the field, you know what's going to happen? Thorns, briars. You know, the Bible calls that in Galatians, it's the works of the flesh. Those things are still inherent in us. And, and we have the the work to do, to tend to that, to ensure those kind of things don't grow in our field. And we, those who don't make full use of the resources God has given them won't produce the kind of fruit that He intends. And not all growth is good growth. And we've got to understand, we've got to, we've got to play a part, but the fact is that He's given it to us and there's better things that we ought to be persuaded about. And there's fruit bearing to be had. I wonder what things in the future, if you would just stick to it. You know, the thing I know about all of that is this. It requires patience. It requires patience. Uh, even if you look at the parable of the, the, the seeds that are sown in the different types of soil. You know, the Bible tells us in the good soil, through patience he bore fruit. So even if you do tend to your field the way you should, there's going to be some patience required to see that come to pass. And I think sometimes the reason why there's, there's, there's no fruit to be had is because we actually, we've lost patience to begin with. We've lost patience to go through and endure through those times. And so what we find firstly is in Christ, our future is fruit bearing. But then notice with me, secondly this morning, notice verses 9 and 10. He says, but beloved, we are persuaded better things of you. And notice this, and things that accompany salvation, though we thus speak. So there's things that accompany salvation. I think we've, we've already seen that, that there's those, those things that God gives us, the, the, the very resources that we need to see things done for the Lord. But he says there that, that it accompanies salvation. And what it is, is, is really not only is our future in Christ fruit-bearing, it's also our future is faith-based. The only reason we're in this situation is because by faith, we've trusted Christ 
for our salvation. It says we are persuaded better things of you and things that accompany salvation. A, a salvation is an act of faith. The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 that it is impossible to please God without faith. And so faith is critical in this whole process. You know what faith is though? Faith is the evidence of things unseen. You know what a, 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 the farmer does? He goes and he plants these seeds. He doesn't see fruit straight away, does he? He doesn't see. You know what he's doing? He's having faith that what he's planting will be the thing that he's desiring. That's faith. Faith is, it, it, it just by nature, it dwells in the unseen. By nature, it dwells in that invisible, in the yet to be. And so actually, what we need to do if we're going to see the future and be persuaded of better things is, is simply this, to live by faith. It's an, salvation is an act of faith. And the things we can do through salvation is also faith-driven. In Romans 5.1, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. In 2 Corinthians 5.7, For we walk by faith, not by sight. And it's not to be that we just go about with results in mind. Listen, sometimes it's in the unseen. Sometimes it's in the waiting. Sometimes it's in the faith in the Lord and faith in the things that are to be. And our future is, what I'm saying, is dependent on how we live this life of faith. And what faith is it? Faith is accompanied by faith. You see, we're persuaded better things of you. Why? Because these things that accompany salvation. The fact that God has given us salvation through faith means we have a better future which is yet to come and by the way, isn't that just inherently the Christian life? We are looking for a city which we haven't seen, right? We call it home, heaven, but none of us has seen it. That's just inherent in the Christian life is the things that are ahead are unseen. That, that's actually where we ought to strive. That, that, that ought to be the, the area that we ought to be, be thriving in. And in Romans 1.17, the Bible tells us, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. That, that great chapter, I referred to it earlier, Hebrews 11, it was all by faith, these, these personalities, they went to see, by faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. Why? For he endured a seeing him who is invisible. Now that's a bit of an oxymoron, isn't it? Seeing him who is invisible. The only way you're going to do that is you're going to live by faith. And not, not live by result or by sight, live by faith. And faith's got to be a journey of faith. We've got to understand that we have what we have based on promises which are yet to be fulfilled. And it's referred again, look at Romans chapter 4. Look at Romans chapter 4. Verse 19, and how, now here we're speaking, about, we're speaking about Abraham in verse 18, who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken. Remember the promise, given he shall be a father of many nations, and yet here he was in an old age. His wife couldn't really was past the, the natural time in which, uh, which uh, a woman could produce and, and, and even in that, he had to trust and he hoped 
He says, who against hope believed in hope. Verse 19, and being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body, uh, own body now dead, when he was about 100 years old, when they, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. And he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. And notice this, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. You know why? You know what he was saying to those that he was referring to in Hebrews? He's saying, you've got to be persuaded in the things of God to be persuaded of better things for you. And he's saying those, that's the key. That's faith. It's a step of faith. And faith then anticipates reward. Remember that, that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. And faith anticipates reward. For God, in verse 10, is un, not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love which ye have showed toward His name in that ye have ministered to the saints and do minister. You know, we often use that, that verse sometimes to encourage those that are laboring for the Lord. Usually, we write that to volunteers, right? Because volunteers, it just, you know, they, they, it's on their time. You know, it's in their own might and resources that they're doing that. And so we write that to remind them that actually God sees what they're doing. And God rewards that and God sees that. And that they ought to continue by faith to do what they're supposed to do. But it's, it's true of all of us. You know, sometimes when we go through and we're trying to do the, the job that God has called us to do. And it just doesn't seem like there's anything. And that there doesn't seem like there's any result or there's any fruit and, and we're just plugging along. We're trying to do right. We're trying to live right. And that's a good reminder that actually what faith does, it faith anticipates reward. Faith anticipates that God will do something and sees it. You know, often the reason we give up on a better future in Christ is because we don't always see a reward straight away. That, that's how we're, we're programmed at times, is that we just want just immediate gratification. And yet God sees and will reward, and here's what God sees. Notice there in verse 10. He's going to see your work and labor of love, right? If your motive is to love God, your motive is not to be seen of men, then God sees that, and He'll reward that. Then He says here, look, notice again in verse 10 which ye have showed toward his name, in that ye have ministered to the saints and do minister. You know, he's saying there that here's what God sees, how we minister to the saints. You know, those things where you wrote an encouraging note because you saw someone despondent. You did a work for them to encourage them to keep going. You noticed something that they were struggling with and you came alongside them and, and just in, in your grace and in mercy and in, in all of your heart for the Lord just wanted to get alongside that one. All of that that sometimes goes unseen. You know, we had a Sunday school teacher who just had that characteristic. Remember one particular summer, we all got a, an anonymous note. We all knew it was her though. But it was an anonymous note from someone and it's not, not one of those anonymous notes that often we get at other times. But it was an anonymous note that just described just... just just some things that they have, they, that person observed about us. Good things. Just, just things that we didn't think anyone else noticed, but she noticed. And you know, God's that way. 
You know, sometimes we think, well, no one noticed that. It really, in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter if someone else notices or not. God notices. And God sees. And he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. And, and he, they, we ought to just continue on. One day you'll be rewarded. And, and I'm saying keep going. And the Bible tells us to not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. There's too many who maybe they're just a day away. Maybe they're just a decision away. And maybe it's just a faith decision away that they're going to see some reward. And how quickly do we then are not persuaded of better things? And, and what we see lastly and really quickly is in Christ our future is also fervency born. And, and what I mean by this, notice verse 11 and 12. So it's, it's, it's fruit-bearing, it's faith-based, but it's born out of our fervency. And we desire that every one of you do show, notice it's the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end. You know what that is? He's, he's, he's fully persuaded. And then he says that ye be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promise. And you know what that is? It's your fervency. It's your passion. You know, um, we've used the word diligence, and this is what it harks to. It's diligence. And we've got to visit it again because our future in Christ is, in many ways is, is really up to this. It's up to how passionately we pursue it. You know, we're, we're just, people are, are inherently passionate. They're, they're, I, I'm gonna, I can bet you one thing that you're passionate about. Everyone has that one thing that they're passionate about. You, you can tell because if you start talking, it, talking with them about it, it just comes out. Right, just something, that, that, a hobby. But I wonder how our passion for the things of the Lord are. I wonder how our passion is for, for those things that He's given us, the, those things that, that cause us to be fruitful for Him. And I'm saying no one has ever truly succeeded in anything worth doing without passion. And if we're fervent in what we do for the Lord, there will be a corresponding result in time to come. And there's an expectation there in verse 11. He says, and we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence. And the expectation is that we're supposed to be passionate. And, and sometimes we, uh, we lend our passion to different things. And that's not necessarily wrong. But what, where's our passion for the Lord? Uh, our hearts stirred for things we can do for Him. Our hearts stirred when, when we see the need and we, we, we estimate the, what capacity in which we can, we, can, we, can, we can provide for that need. Where's our passion? He's saying we ought to be as diligent as we are hopeful. And based on what God says, we ought to be assured of what lies ahead for us. And then there's an exhortation. He says that they be not slothful. Remember we talked about thorns and briars? You know, have you ever noticed again that that if when you when you just let things go, they don't they don't look the way they should, right? And we can we can use every illustration. Okay, it's not New Year's yet, so I won't use diet. Uh, but you could say that. We could we could look at all of that, and we could say, look, when when we let some things go, and we're not we're slothful. That word just simply means inactive, sluggish, lazy, indolent, idle. The Bible tells us in, in Proverbs 18.9, He also that is slothful in his work is brother to him that is a great waster. When we're not diligent in, in the, the things that God's given us, 
then what we're doing is we're wasting what God's given us. And we're to be exhorted not to be lazy with what God has given. Our, our future is dependent on us passionately pursuing what God has promised. But then he's referring to an example. He says, them who through faith and patience inherited the promise. And you know, there are those who went before. And we've just had, we've just had our heritage month. And maybe through those pictures, you saw some who have come before, who have gone on to eternity, who've gone on and they've, they've, they've been diligent. You know, I, I would say to you that we wouldn't have what we have now if there were those who weren't diligent before. Hey, listen, someone had to be diligent to come across the seas and preach the gospel here. Someone had to be diligent to, to stay when there was nothing on this property and nothing, and they had to live by faith and see something that no one else could see. And you know what? Maybe even in their lifetime they didn't see it, but it's here, isn't it? It's undeniable. And many times we just need to look at the examples of the past and examples of those that are seen in Scripture to say, you know what? We can be persuaded of better things. There is a way to go, get through this. There is a way to understand that, you know, tomorrow could be better. And so what does our future look like? Really, it all depends if we buy into God's fruit bearing. How will things turn out with so much unknown? Well, it's all up to us to respond in faith. What will we do in the meantime? Well, we should be passionate about what God does and the work of God because others did and so we're here. And brethren in Christ, let's be persuaded of better things. You know, it may be hard. It may seem impossible. It may not completely make sense. You may not see it yet. But I'm saying in Christ, we have a better future ahead. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for the time. And Lord, I just recognize, dear God, that Lord, in my own limitation, sometimes, Lord, there's just great doubt as to what you can do. Sometimes, Lord, I convince myself that really at the end of it, what can be done, Lord, what can be pursued, what can be better. And yet, Lord, I'm just convinced again that actually in you we've got a far better future if we would just do it your way. I pray that you'd help us this morning just to get back to perhaps a, a sense of optimism about what you're doing in our own lives and, and get back to the fruit that could be, the potential, the, the, the life and the pattern that we're going to live by faith. And then, Father, Lord, just the, the, the passion that we need to show, Lord, in our day so that we can see what can be of tomorrow. And so come before you now and ask that you please help. We're going to have our invitation we're just going to have a, 